needs to be. I'm so delighted today that we have the executive director of Assembly God World Missions with us. And I was thinking about this, Greg, so I'm going to try to follow my, my statement and advice here. The more significant impact you have, the shorter your introduction is. Let me give you the example. When they're going to announce a speech or a comment by the President of the United States, they don't tell his name or where he went to college or anything about him. They simply say, ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States. So today I'm going to say to you, ladies and gentlemen, the Executive Director of Assembly of God World Missions. Would you help me welcome Greg Mundus and his wife Sandy for being with us today. Bless you guys. Bless you. Good morning. It is so awesome to be here. We love your pastor and his wife. Had dinner with them last night, and they treated us to smoke the restaurant. So it's uh, awesome. Thank you so much. Hey, I want to take uh, advantage of the uh, moments that I have with you and say, first of all, thank you so much for your heart and your passion, not only for your local community, but for your state, for the United States, and for the rest of the world. I just commend you for taking time out of your busy schedules and the busy schedule of the church to say, hey, we have to remember that God sent us into all the world, not, part, not just part of the world, but all the world. So thank you so very much. And I'm just so glad uh, that my wife Sandy is here. She, uh, we've been married 51 years, and it's hard to, hard to go anywhere without her. You know what I'm saying? It's like we're joined at the hip. And so... Uh, just very, uh, thankful to be with you all today. Hey, I want to start with uh, a scripture because uh, I want to keep in front of us the end goal of missions. The end goal of missions. Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. The Apostle John on the island of Patmos in prison gets a revelation from the Holy Spirit and it starts and it says this. After this, I looked and there before me this is a scene in heaven, was a great multitude that no one could count. Now imagine that. You've got all of heaven, and no one could count the multitudes of people that were there. And get this. This is what I love. From every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, who is Jesus. That's the end goal. That's the final scene of heaven when all of us from around the world through the ages will be standing there worshiping the Lamb of God and praising his name forever and ever. So that's the end goal, but here we are. How are we going to get there? How are we going to get there? And that's why your missions conference convention is so important because as Assemblies of God World Missions, our mission statement is that we establish the church among all people everywhere. Get that, important. All people everywhere. There is no one that is left out in our minds, and there is no one left out according to the word of God. Now, I love this quote from a man by the name of Oswald Chambers. He said, so long as there is a human being who does not know Christ, I am his debtor until he does. He goes on to say, the mainspring for this service is not our love for men and women, but our love 
for Jesus Christ. It's not because we see needs. It's not because our hearts are moved with compassion, although those things are done. But the ultimate goal for the church and to establish the church and the ultimate goal to be in heaven around the throne is because, and our motivation is because we love Jesus. And secondly, because we obey Jesus. If you love me, what did Jesus say? You will obey my commands. And his command, his last command to us, remember, person on the deathbed, whatever final words they're saying are some of the most important words that they have to say. And Jesus, his last words to his disciple was, go into, world, go into all the world and preach the gospel. So his last command is our first priority. So thank you so much for keeping that in mind. Let me tell you about Assemblies of God real quick, World Missions. We have 2,640 missionaries serving around the world. There are 63 million people in the World Assemblies of God Fellowship. And get this, every 54 seconds, now we've been in church 40 minutes, every 54 seconds, someone comes to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior in the network of the Assemblies of God. Is that pretty cool? So I'm not a mathematician, but I know 40, that would be 40 people plus six seconds times that, that many more people. While we're sitting here worshiping the Lord, people are coming to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior because the church is planted because the missionaries out there. Get this, every 81 minutes, a new church is started somewhere in the world. So by the time we leave church, a new church has been established somewhere in the world. Now, if you're like interested in Bible school education and training as a minister, a missionary, evangelist, apostle, prophet, teacher, we have 160,000 students enrolled in Assemblies of God educational training institutions around the world. And all that from 300 people that started the Assemblies of God in 1914. To God be the glory and thank you for your faithfulness. Amen? All right. Hey, listen to this. We prayed for the Ukraine today. We have a missionary that has been embedded in the Ukraine since the war started. Let's put it, let's put it this way, since the war escalated. Because the war started really with Crimea several years ago. If you'll remember that it was annexed several years ago. Well, let me tell you a quick story about Crimea. We had, a, uh, we had missionaries that were on the borders of Crimea that really had a heart for God to do something in that country. They'd been under Ottoman Turk rule for 500 years, so there was a strong Islamic influence there. So they began praying, and I'll tell you what, when you begin praying, that's when things begin to happen, right? Oh, come on, help me here. I mean, when you start praying, things begin to happen. And I have to tell you that um, I stand as a living testimony. I know that your church and many in here prayed for me I was uh, sick with COVID in 2020, and I was in the hospital for 60 days, 42 of those days in a coma, intubated, and God just brought me out of that, restored me, and here I am uh, giving glory to God for uh, the prayers of God's people. And I, want, I just want to encourage you, if, if you're suffering physically, if you're suffering in any other way, you don't give up, because you don't give up. It's like the unjust widow that kept coming to the judge and kept coming to the judge. Jesus gave that illustration. You don't give up praying. 
So you keep praying, and if you have a need you, and it hasn't been fulfilled, you can say it hasn't been fulfilled yet. Not yet, but keep praying. So they were praying for uh, Crimea, and they thought how, how they couldn't get visas. They were saying, how can we get into this, into this part of the Ukraine that is under uh, this influence of Islam? So they kept praying and praying, and finally, they got a person that could go in, and they heard this story. And the story was that a, a, a lady that was not a Christian was put into a hospital because she was dying. And this hospital happened to be one of the orthodox hospitals that was left over uh, uh, in the country. So she went in. Her husband came in to see her. She was all hooked up on the stuff and the intravenous things and everything else. And the doctor said, look, we don't believe she's going to survive the night. So he left that evening, went home, talked to the neighbors, talked to his friends, and said, I, I, I need some money for a funeral tomorrow. Can you help? And so they gave him some money. So he went back to the hospital the next morning, fully expecting to see his wife dead. Instead, as he walked into her hospital room, she was standing at the end of the bed, pulling out the tubes and putting on her clothes. And he goes, what is going on here? She goes, well, the doctor was in this morning and said I could go home. He goes, wait a minute, wait a minute. So he goes out to the nurse's station. The nurses come in and they're saying, what are you doing? She said, well, the doctor came in and told me that I could go home today. The nurses said, no doctor has been here yet. And they said, oh, and she said, oh, no, 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 no. The doctor was here, told me I'm going home, and I'm going home. So they're walking down the hallway, leaving as she is being helped by her husband, and there on the wall is a picture of Jesus knocking at the door. She stops, look at it, and says, there's my doctor. They go, no, 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 no. That's a picture of Jesus from history in the past. She goes, I don't care what you say. He was in my room, and he told me I could go home. Now, she's not a Christian. So she goes home. She's laying in bed. She has a five-year-old son that has never walked. And she's just laying in bed. Before she goes to sleep, she says, Dr. Jesus, why not? Dr. Jesus, can you help my five-year-old son? Well, in the middle of the night, the husband wakes up because somebody he thinks is breaking in the house. But what is happening is their five-year-old son is running up and down the steps because Jesus healed him. Okay. That's a great story, but listen, it gets better. Because Jesus can heal you. Jesus can perform miracles on anybody. He, 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 can, he can do it for people that don't even believe in him. And that's what happened. But okay, what happens to that person afterwards? They need discipled. They need trained. They need brought into a church. And so the missionary that was able to get in there heard the story, went to her. The mayor of the little town and city that she was in heard the, heard the story as well, opened up his house. They began a Bible study, and that Bible study has multiplied in Crimea so that there are dozens and dozens of groups worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ. Because guess what? No matter where a missionary goes, God is already there. You got that? No matter what circumstance you're in, no matter what context you're in, no matter what battle you're facing, God is always there. He's ahead of you. All we have to do is align ourselves with him. So the Ukraine, God is doing incredible things in the Ukraine. We have a missionary embedded in the capital city. He has helped through the generosity of churches like yourself and 
has helped probably 10,000 people that were internally displaced, getting food, getting blankets, moving them to the border, getting them out uh, of the country. We have 70 missionaries around the Ukraine in different countries that are ministering to all these Ukrainian refugees that are coming out. The national churches in Poland, in Czech, in Slovakia, in Moldova are all contributing in helping these missionaries. Even the gypsies, the poorest of the poor in Europe, are taking in gypsies and helping them and encouraging them and strengthening them. And the goal is not only to help these refugees, but also to establish churches. And the superintendent of the Assemblies of God of Germany has said, we want to start 30 churches for the Ukrainian believers. So glory to God, not only are they coming out and getting natural food and natural help, they're getting supernatural help as well. Because you see, Jesus uses the local church to be the witness, the presence of himself in a community. So thank you for praying for that church. And guess what? Just this past week, we sent, a, we sent one of our missionaries, a lady and her husband, who is a doctor, she's the doctor, back into the Ukraine because she learned Ukrainian, she's got the language, and, and she's a doctor, and she's going back to help all of the internally displaced people in the country. Keep praying because God is doing something, and it's like the song Waymaker. Even when you don't see he's working, guess what? He's still working. Got it. Secondly, let me tell you about Sri Lanka. It's not in the news too much. It's a little island off India. Sri Lanka is in a terrible economic meltdown, in a crisis of economic proportions, great proportions. People can hardly get anything to eat. We, were, we have sent three containers of food that were stopped in the harbor. The government wouldn't let them in. We've reached out to our government to see if an ambassador or somebody could help, and nothing was helping. So we began to pray and believe, and then... God has done a miraculous thing. They released those three containers of rice and dal and all this food and blankets and different things for the church that is suffering there tremendously. And, and God has done that, and, and they are getting these containers, and three more are coming on the way. So we give God the glory for that, for helping people like that as well. I think about Pakistan right now. It's probably not in the news. You don't see it in the headlines. But there's been unprecedented flooding in that country, that Islamic country. And who, in that case, is standing up and making a difference for the Pakistani people? The Christian church. The Pentecostal church that is very small, that is persecuted, that is ostracized, that is marginalized. But they are there reaching out, and we are helping them reaching out for the people and the victims of flood. And it's because churches like yourself continue to support missions. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I think about Cuba. Nah, just off the coast of Florida, 90 miles. You know what their average income is? $30 a month. They barely have enough money to buy just the bare necessities. But God is doing amazing things on that little island. In fact, the church is just exploding there. In fact, Sandy and I will be there for their general council in February, and uh, a church will just, they'll have, oh, um, probably a couple thousand pastors and adherents there just to celebrate. It'll be the first time that they've gotten together since COVID. 
and they want to celebrate what God has been doing. Now, they can't have a lot of churches, so what they do is they buy an apartment, and when the church grows, they buy the apartment next to them as much as they can do, and they knock out the walls and they create a church. Isn't that awesome? And their main staple is yucca, which is like a potato, right? And that's what keeps them going. And I'm telling you what, they're not discouraged. In fact, when we were there last time, just about, let me see, it's uh, 2019, in 2019, we were there and they decided to send their first missionaries from Cuba out to another country. Now, that's incredible because number one, economically, it's almost impossible to do. Secondly, because of, of the rule in Cuba, it's tough to get uh, access to other countries, but they sent that first missionary out into the jungles of Ecuador and they're, they're ministering to the gospel to people that have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Isn't that cool? I, you know what? Because God, God wants everybody, you know, the scene in heaven, Revelation 7, 9, every language, every tribe, every nation, every people. It doesn't matter who you are, where you are, God wants to see you saved. And if you're here, or if you're watching online and you're saying, what do you mean saved? Saved is just a terminology that we use, and that is accepting that Jesus Christ is the only Son of God, was born of a virgin, came to earth to save us from our sins. Sin is something that separates us from God, something that just causes a breach in our relationship with him and with other people, whatever that sin may be. And he came to forgive us our sins and to give us new life. And when we believe in him, the Bible says when we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that he is Lord, then we become a child of God or become saved. So if you're listening and here in the audience or there online, one more time, that is just how the church operates and that's how the church is formed. So let me take you to Afghanistan really quick. Afghanistan. You know what happened last year. You know the heartache uh, of a people that do not have a Christian witness. And if we look at Revelation, it's saying every tribe, every nation. So within Afghanistan, there are different tribes and different nations. Right now, they have a real crisis of food, a lack of food. So there are between 15 and 20 million people in Afghanistan that are literally starving. And so, we, as Americans, have very difficult time getting into Afghanistan, but other, other, other countries can get in there. So we partner with another country that has a ministry in Afghanistan, and what we've done is we've shared some funds with them so that they could go in and make an impact amongst these poor people. So in the capital city, uh, we partnered with them, gave them funds, and they created a a food distribution and blanket distribution to the poorest of poor in Afghanistan, capital city of Kabul. And that all happens because you've given the offering. That all happens because churches across America said, we believe that people around the world need to hear the gospel. So in a, in a very tangible manner, we shared human with human need, we shared something tangible to them to let them know that there are people in the world, in the Christian world, that care about them. And we believe that that made a huge impact because national television came out 
and filmed all of this and broadcast it on national television. So that's incredible when you think about the country of Afghanistan. You know, in Assemblies of God World Missions, and I just love that you were talking about the persecuted church, there are 312 million Christians in the world that are being persecuted. Now let that figure sink into your mind. 312 million people that are suffering or persecuted just because they name the name of Jesus, just because they follow the cross. Other religions, governments, terrorist groups are holding so many people hostage, hurting them, ostracizing them, mar marginalizing them because they name it the name of Jesus. And so when we pray for the persecuted church, thank you so much. On November the 6th is really the day that we pray around the world for the persecuted church. So thank you for praying for those in the Ukraine, for believers, but beyond and around the world, 312, brothers and sister, 312 million brothers and sisters in Christ. You know what? Refugees. When you think about refugees, there, right now there are 84 million refugees around the world, internally displaced and also out of their country. Why? Because of war, because of poverty, because of different reasons that they have to leave their home. And the Church of Jesus Christ, the Assemblies of God, you and your brothers and sisters in, in churches across Oklahoma and across the United States are making a difference in their lives. Thank you so much for giving in missions, and thank you for supporting missionaries. You've heard the term unreached people groups. Anybody hear that term here? Okay, seven of us. Okay, let me describe that. Unreached people groups are people, a group of people that have... Uh, uh, not an adequate witness of Jesus Christ. In fact, there are about 3.2 billion of the 8, million, 8 billion people that live on the planet, Three point, or roughly 33% of the people around the world that have never really heard or comprehended that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, I describe it with three no's. No church no Bible, and no Christian witness. Now think about how you came to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You had either a church or a Bible or a tract, or you had somebody witness to you and share the gospel with you. If you don't have those, you don't have the opportunity to recognize that Jesus is the Son of God. There are so many different religions and secular people around the world that have no idea who Jesus is in these people groups. And our task is Revelation 7, 9. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation, every people. So it doesn't matter how resistant they are. It doesn't matter how hard it is to get to them. It doesn't matter how difficult uh, geography is or language is. Our responsibility is that we're obeying the command of Christ, if we love him and obey him, is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. So, I don't know if you know this today, but over every time, every day, 157,000 people die. 157,000 people die. 31% of those people are in the unreached world. No Bible, no church, no Christian. 
No opportunity to hear that Jesus can save them from their sins. Now, when you think about that, that's 6,500 people per hour. So while we have been in church, that number of people have died. Now, when you go beyond that, think about this. 384,000 babies are born every day. And 37% of them are what we call in the unreached world. And and, and that per hour is 16,000 people per hour that are born. Young people, middle-aged people, senior people. We need people that will go and share the gospel. We need people that will send people to share the gospel. And that's, that's what's happening here today and over these weeks, as you well know, through Faith Promise. So I want you to hear this, that the gospel is only good news if it gets there in time. Can I say that one more time? The gospel is only good news if it gets there in time. And it can only get there if somebody goes. Romans chapter 10 says, how will they hear unless someone talks to them and and speaks to them? And how will they speak to them unless they are sent? What you do in faith promise giving means that people will be sent. And the goal to support a missionary in every country of the world is such a worthy goal. Thank you so much for even having that goal. I want you to know right now we have a a priority in our heart as Assemblies of God World Missions to reach out into the Buddhist and Hindu worlds. When you think about the Buddhist and Hindu worlds, it's, 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 it's a religion, it's a philosophy, that doesn't have any concept of a, of a God, a singular God, monothe, a monotheistic society. It is not the farthest thing from it. They don't have a concept of sin. They don't have a concept of so many things. And we have 300 missionaries working amongst 2 billion people. It's not enough. It's not even close to being enough. So we're praying for 50,000 prayer partners. And if there is a heart in you to go and pray for Buddhists and Hindus, I would encourage you to go to our Assemblies of God World Mission site, agwm.org, and you can sign up and find and get prayer notices and pray for Buddhists and Hindu people. We're praying for 50,000 prayer partners. We're praying for 150 new workers in the next couple of years. And I know there's one prayer that God will answer every time because he, he gave it to us. He said, pray that the Lord of the harvest would send forth workers into his harvest field. And so I close with this, with this plea for you to pray for the Buddhist and Hindu worlds, to pray for workers, and to pray for finances for those workers that they can go equipped to share the gospel. So I'm going to close with a, with a word of prayer. Would you bow your heads with me in prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for this congregation that over the years, Lord, has been faithful to their calling, to this community, to the United States, and to the world. I bless them in your precious name, and I thank you for them. Thank you for the leadership here. Thank you for the McCartys and the board. Thank you for 
uh, those that participate in Sunday school and in the different ministries of the church. For the pastoral staff, I give you praise. Lord, I thank you that you've set this church as a, on a hill, as a beacon, as a light. Lord, not only for here, but for the nations. So I pray, Lord, with them this morning that you would send forth workers into the harvest field. God, I ask in the name of Jesus that someone within the sound of my voice, whether here in this room or listening or watching uh, on the live stream, Lord, that you would spark something in them, Lord, that says, I, I, I love you, Lord Jesus, and I want to obey your commands. Lord, even as the great missionary Henry Martin said, the closer I come to Jesus, the more missionary I become. Lord, I pray for a close and near fellowship with you. I pray that we could lean our head on your chest like the Apostle Paul, Apostle John did in the Last Supper, and he could hear your heartbeat because every heartbeat is for lost people. So I pray, God, that you would renew a fire in us, renew a freshness in us, to share, Lord, the gospel with our friends, with our family, with our neighbors. And in this mission's emphasis, Lord, to share the gospel around the world. I ask that in Jesus' name. And Lord, even now as you search hearts, maybe you're dealing with someone right now, and if you're online, maybe he's dealing with you. If you're here in the sanctuary, maybe he's dealing with you and just challenging you to say, I surrender, Lord. I, I, I want to send or I... I want to be sent. So I ask, Lord, in Jesus' name, that your Holy Spirit would work in hearts afresh and anew, Lord. People whose lives have been committed to you, but now fresh and anew, Lord. That your Holy Spirit, Lord, would speak to those, Lord, that would make a faith promise or those that are even contemplating ministry or serving as a missionary. So with every eye closed, just just so I can pray for this congregation. If the Lord has laid on your heart to go into missions, to go into ministry, would you just raise your hand so I could pray for you? Just anywhere in the sanctuary, just raise it so I can see. Thank you. Any other hands that I have missed? One more time, I'll look across here. Lord Jesus, you see, you see those, Lord, that are, that are, that are praying and believing that you would lead them in, in your direction. And so I ask in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would open doors of opportunity for them to follow and to obey your good will. And Lord, as we take up faith promises, I pray, Lord, that indeed it's not our, our counting, it's not what we think, but God, as we believe you, that we will write what you would have us to do. And I ask this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. We use a rather unique word when talking about what we're trying to do with uh, reaching people for Christ. Greg, I don't know if you've ever heard this word in a church's discussion points of what we're trying to do. The word we use is invest. And it means more than just any one thing. It means a total giving of yourself. Your time, 
your resources, your relationships. When I think about the word invest, I think that's the word I would use to describe what Jesus did for us. He invested his life. He forfeited what he rightfully had and came to be among us. It was an incredible sacrifice. Now that's the pattern that we follow. There are several ways you can be involved with missions and you should be involved with all of them. You should pray. One of the reasons we put that book together several years ago now is so that you could have that to pray over missionaries every day. There's 137 names in there. You can pray every day over a missionary. There are many other resources as uh, Greg just talked to us about that you can get online and get agwm.org. It's an incredible site. Tell you what's going on around the world. You can pray. You can give. You know, God's system is so incredibly just, just awesome that he's not looking for equal commitment or equal, equal giving, but equal commitment. For some, that may be a large sum of money. For others, it may be a small part. Maybe there's some that I can only give $10 a month, and that's going to be a stretch for me. Maybe there are others who can say, I can sponsor 10 missionaries. It's everybody doing what God's called us to do. It's not about equal giving. It's about equal commitment, equal sacrifice. And so so through our giving, we help take the gospel around the world. And through our going, and I think sometimes it's easy for us to divide those out too easily. And there's a purpose for that. But there's also a purpose to realize I need to be doing all of those in in my place of influence in my world. I may not be able to go to all the countries that Greg's been privileged to go to, but I do have a neighbor. And I need to share my faith with my neighbor. I need to live it out. By the way, if you don't know them, it's going to be hard to share with them. I have coworkers. I do have an advantage over you there, I guess, in some ways that I think all mine are saved. But we have places of influence and places of ministry. All of us do. And they're all unique and different because in our differences brings completion to the body of Christ. God did not make us to be clones of one another. But in our differences, we are made complete as the body. How many of you today will join me and say, I want to do my part, my place, my my spot, my assignment. I want God to use me every day to fulfill his purpose for my life. Will you join me in that prayer? Will you join me in that prayer to say amen or say yes or raise a hand and say, God, that's me, I'm in something unique that happens I'm going to call it the Holy Spirit multiplier that factor when a church in unity says we want to do the work of the kingdom that the Holy Spirit multiplier uses it to take 300 people in Arkansas and just over a little, hundred, a little over 100 years grow it to be over 60 million people 
Lord, I pray today that you would help us to pursue the assignment that you have created for us, that you are calling us to through our giving, through our praying, through our going, through our speaking. Lord, we need wisdom. We need direction. We need power. And all of those things are available through the Holy Spirit's ministry in our lives. May we be sensitive and aware. And may we truly be led by the Spirit. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Would you stand with me? Here in the front we have buckets. And this is kind of what we're doing this month. There is a faith promise card. By the way, if you go on the spot for the QR code... Uh, you can pull up Missions Promise. And, le- and let me, everybody listen real clear because this can still be confusing. Some of you have been giving to missions. How many of you have been giving to missions at OFA for 10 years or longer? There's a bunch of you. That's, that's so awesome. And we know that you've been doing that, but we're asking everybody, whatever you've been doing, just don't factor that in. This is like, as if you were doing, what are you going to do for the next 12 months is what we're asking. We're not asking, what, and you say, well, I already give so much a month and I've been doing it for 20 years. Well, let us know you're going to do it for the next year. And that gives us a fresh look. We've had some great responses so far. And uh, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we'll be able to get all that together and know where we're at. Last week alone, over $100,000 in faith promises were committed last week. So that's phenomenal. Greg, I think you'll appreciate this probably more than anybody in the room. Can I just tell you, though, we, you can't give enough money that we can't spend it. Say, how much do you need, Pastor? I normally am the kind of person that likes to have a defined budget and know what we need and where we're at. But when it comes to what we're doing for missions, we'll take all that you have and we'll put it all into the working of getting people connected to Jesus. You know, I'm hoping we can add a lot of missionaries. We typically give $100 a month for our missionaries. We don't ask you to pick the one you're supporting because that would be a logistical nightmare. But as we all give together as a church, we're going to support all of those missionaries. Today, would you consider giving the best offering that you can today? As always, you need to write a check. You can make it out to OFA and just put missions on it or, or on the envelope. If you need to give online, you can certainly do that today. And if you haven't turned a card in yet, maybe today, could you just let the Lord tell you what he wants you to give over the next 12 months? You can do it on a weekly basis, and then we'll multiply that times 52. And you can actually set that up to be recurring giving, so you don't even have to remember to do it every week. It'll automatically do it for you. You can do it monthly, or you can do it annually. Sometimes it's different, easier to put it a particular way, what you'll give for the year and the next year, however you want to do that. I'm going to ask you, as Pastor Russell leads us in a song, would you come and bring your offering and bring your faith promise card and just put it in one of the buckets? There are six or eight of them across the front here, nine of them. Would you come and put your offering in now? Father, thank you for the privilege of partnering in missions through our giving today. And may your kingdom be advanced. May your will be accomplished because of what we're doing here today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you as you come to bring your offering and your faith promise card now.